Hi, and welcome to What a Mess, the only podcast that speaks about fashion industry issues. Today's guest is Jana van der Bergen, founder and CEO of Common App and Fashion for Good team member. Common App allows you to share your clothing worldwide with complete strangers from every location. Make sure to check it out. So welcome, Yannan. I hope you're doing well and thanks for accepting my invitation to be on the podcast. I'm really excited to have you here and talk a little bit more about Common. Um, so can you tell us um, a little bit more about the concept for the app and where it kind of stemmed from? Yeah, like, yeah, first of all, thank you so much for inviting us. Super excited to chat with you about this today. And yeah, Kuman um, is a bit of a, a brainchild for me from when I started my journey into sustainable fashion. Um, I've been working in the fashion industry and in sustainable fashion for about three years now. And after a while, I realized the only way uh, to make the fashion industry more sustainable is buying and yet producing less stuff. And that is why um, in January 2019, I decided to go on a no buy challenge with myself. And I didn't do this alone, like some of my friends joined me. Mm -hmm. And for the first month, we were like perfectly fine. But after a couple of months, we really wanted to yeah experience new clothes so we started sharing our wardrobes with each other and as you can imagine like at some point my clothes were everywhere i had like clothes in my own closet which i was like i have no clue from where from who they are from um and then i was like Do we have an app for everything why don't we create an app around this and this is actually how common was founded like the idea at least mm -hmm. and when was that which year That was in 2019 still. So I think like three months into my no buy challenge, uh, we started developing and quite a funny story as well as I am not a coder at all. Um, so I had to find somebody that could do that for me. And one of my co-founders, Rory, um, I basically proposed the idea to him and he was um, by then still like gonna check like how exactly it how much it would cost and stuff and he was such a big fan that after the weekend actually he developed part of the back end of the app already so that mm -hmm. is actually also how quickly we started with an app yeah totally and I think most of the founders you know don't know how to code and don't know the technical side so um, we need people like that to kind of kick yeah. our things off so Can you describe to us how the common app actually works? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, it's it's an app to share your clothes with your friends and available um, on the App Store and Google Play and easy to download. And you basically start with uploading your closet to your digital wardrobe. And when this is, once this is finished, it looks a bit like an Instagram profile, but then with your clothing items. And after you've done this, you can start exploring all the clothes around you on the app. And if you see something that you really like, uh, you can simply uh, share a borrow request uh, to the lender of the item. And when they have approved, um, you decide on a date and a place and a time to pick up the item via the chat in the app. And then you basically meet up 
to borrow the item and once you are done with it or um, the, the lender wants it back, you just give it back and then the item also swaps back in your digital closet. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's very based on temporary swapping of items and can be one item for another or just one item and the other one doesn't get anything back. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, my favorite feature of the app is the story feature. So mm-hmm. when somebody is borrowing an item, um, we really encourage them to take a photo of themselves wearing the item and to post this to their comment story and then tag mm-hmm. the item. So what happens then is that the photo gets added to the history of the item. Mm-hmm. So when the next borrower clicks on the item, they can actually see the entire history. So they can see all the adventures that the item has been on. And this way we really aim to create a closet full of stories rather than just materials. Interesting. So I I wonder like, uh, maybe it's a little bit personal question, but I wonder like, how did you come up with this concept? Because we see so many apps kind of popping out here and there, you know, from swapping to renting to borrowing. And I just wonder what was like the main motivation uh, behind launching Common App? Yeah, I think very much fulfilling a need that I have myself. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was experiencing this process of having no clue where my clothes were. And also if I wanted to borrow something, not really knowing what my friends have, unless I went to their houses and looked through their closets. And this was basically like a solution. I came up with a problem I had myself. And this is why I started. And of course I started my entire no buying journey and sharing journey journey for the planet because mm-hmm. I realized like I want to make a change in my daily fashion behavior as well and I thought sharing clothes was like a good way to do this and with common it's, it's way easier and I'm very happy that with common I can also give others the tool to like change their daily fashion behavior with this. Jan, so how has your fashion journey been? Can you tell us a little bit more about your background and how you started before you launched Calm? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I was always like interested in fashion, uh, but I started off with a quite traditional business studies in Rotterdam. And um, because I wanted something extra, I decided to do a minor in fashion um, at my same uni. And um, while I was expecting more like the design part of things, I was actually very much focused on the effect and the impact of fashion on the fashion industry and on the world, basically. And um, yeah, it really sparked my interest. So uh, therefore, I decided to continue my studies in Australia, uh, specifically focused on sustainable fashion. And yeah, basically, um, both from a product design perspective, like how we can create more sustainable products, but also um, about the supply chains with the workers so to help them and to ensure that like yeah basically they get to live a living wage and, and all, everything like that and then um because i was made so aware because of my studies i also wanted to like take action like walk the talk and that is why um i started applying for internships in this field and that is how i started as a sustainability intern at the tommy hilfiger team um so pvh and interesting like, had an yeah an interesting like very um interesting time there I learned a lot but it also made me realize that it's such a complex issue the fashion industry 
um, there are so many stakeholders. So I was very much seeing it from a brand perspective now. Yeah. I, of course, already had the consumer perspective, but um, I really saw a solution in buying less. And that is why at that, that time I founded Common. But I also moved to fashion for good at that point, because I think another um, great way to change the fashion industry lays within innovation. And mm -hmm. fashion for good, for the people that don't know, is a global innovation platform that connects startups in sustainable fashion. So with new raw materials and dyeing methods, for example, to larger fashion brands to help them uh, to produce more sustainable products. And I'm still there. I'm still doing common on the side as well. So that is uh, my not so long journey, journey in sustainable fashion yet. But I have been enjoying it, enjoying it a lot, at least. Yeah, I want to ask you this question. So what kind of motivated you to become a founder after your studies instead of, you know, going to a nine to five job? and kind of staying there because you already had the internship. So I assume that you could go and take some job, you know, on, but instead you chose to be a founder. I think that's super bold and courageous. So what made you do it? Yeah, like the funny thing is actually that I am in a job and a founder at this point. So I have a mm -hmm. full-time job and I'm doing common on the site, uh, but it's actually also a full-time job. Um, so yeah. sometimes maintaining a balance, work-life balance is quite hard, but um, yeah, very much I found it common to be independent from larger companies. Like we don't collaborate with them. We don't have any responsibility towards them. Mm -hmm. And I, I wanted that freedom. And that is why I found it common to basically be able to do something that I think is the most sustainable thing we can do to the fashion industry. Um, and that is what common is doing. Amazing. So actually, it made me really curious that you said that, you know, you had an internship uh, in Tommy Hilfiger, right? Mm -hmm. So from a brand perspective, I assume a big brand perspective, what is the biggest challenge to be more sustainable? Um, yeah, they are very like the bigger brands. And we sometimes use the analogy like they're very big ships and they are very difficult to turn and we see that also like of course there's a lot of hierarchy and bureaucracy in these larger companies and if you want to change something it takes a while but if they change they also make very big waves um, and I think yeah the most difficult thing is um, for them to get these changes through to the designers to get these more innovative materials in and to basically also uh, decouple um, financial growth from producing more stuff. So starting with circular business models with rental to ensure that they still can keep like growing as a company or at least like stay at the same level as a company mm -hmm. while not producing more stuff. And I think that is the biggest challenge that they have at the moment. Mm. So what do you think that brands can do to stop overproducing? Yes, yeah, starting circular business models. So mm -hmm starting a e-commerce model, starting to rent out your clothes, um, creating very high quality products um, that maybe for them, you can also ask a bit extra money. You offer free repair services mm -hmm. to really make sure that you contribute to this like circular industry in which products are made to be reworn and to be resold yeah. um, and also to be repaired and to be like kept forever, basically. 
Amazing. So can you tell us maybe how many items or users are currently on the app? Yeah, we have about 1500 mm -hmm. um, users on the app um, worldwide, but mostly in, in the Netherlands and Amsterdam specifically as we mm -hmm. launched here. Uh, but yeah, open to the entire world and about 2000 items are now on the app. Uh, but it's it's growing very fast because common is something you do with your friends or soon to be friends. Like we mm -hmm. see friendships arising as well from people that live close to each other and start sharing their clothes together. And because it's a bit of a network effect and a snowball effect with friends inviting friends, it's growing fast. And we'd love to see more people around other places in the world as well. Um, so, you know, kind of figuring out this shared wardrobe concept right what is the main appeal of this uh shared wardrobe concept for for both the consumer and the environment yeah very good question um yeah we always talk about the five reasons to use common basically mm -hmm. and for the consumers then the first reason being that you it's a very low-key solution to experience with without uh, with different styles and um like you of course can just borrow it and if it's not your style or it's like too much for you you just give it back to the item and like what comes with this is that you get access to the items and to the closets of your very stylish friends where usually it would maybe be a bit weird to ask them hey can i borrow this but when somebody is on the common app it's basically like a sticker on their forehead like i'm open to share my clothes with you mm -hmm. so i think that is a very important reason um another one is like it's a low budget solution to experiencing new items mm -hmm. um and besides this of course uh, we all have parties like at least before COVID, we had a lot of parties still um, and it's a special occasion thing and it's such a shame to buy something for just a one-time occasion or just for twice so we think it's a very great um, yeah, manner to also solve that issue. And um, of course, as a consumer, you can also, uh, with, by using Common, really help saving the planet, uh, we say, um, as, yeah. yeah, you of course not buying anything new. And like last but not least, and we did a, a lot of um, consumer testing as well. And the one thing that they value the most is the community that comes with Common. Mm -hmm. So doing this with friends where usually you would not meet up with somebody and you would just be at home like watching Netflix or whatsoever. Now you actually go for a coffee to exchange the items and have a little chat and um, also meet new people through the app. So yeah, the community feeling um, definitely a very important one as well. And mm -hmm. I think the benefit for the environment speaks for itself. Like with Coleman, we hope to reduce the amount of new items being produced significantly. So no unnecessary resources need to be extracted from the world anymore. Amazing, that sounds so interesting. And I wonder logistically, let's say I am based in London or whatever, I'm based in Berlin or LA and I signed to common app, right? And I want to kind of borrow someone else's clothing from Amsterdam. How does it work? Yeah. So like at least um, when I founded Common, it was not my idea for people to start like exchanging items from over the world. But uh, we've seen it in the app, people between Amsterdam and London do it sometimes, even though now it's a bit more difficult. Mm -hmm. um, so 
why I think if you are planning on like borrowing it for six months, it might make sense from like a packaging and a shipping perspective. But otherwise, I would really encourage people to like invite the friends around them to get onto the app and do it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I think, you know, I'm going to try it myself. So I'll let you yeah, know how that, that goes. Nice. Yeah. yeah. If you're ever near Amsterdam, I would love to uh, share some items for a bit. Oh, yeah. That would be so fun. Imagine just, you know, it's a great idea as well for photo shoots. To yeah. Pick the people that you really want to share your wardrobe with and maybe take some pictures and upload it to Instagram and to the app. Um, I think that's a super fun idea. Yeah. And I also kind of see it as, you know, a potential for, I mean, potentially for something, you know, around dating. Um, Imagine people find each other attractive and they're like, oh, I want your clothes. So they actually meet because of the clothes. But, you know, it's it's kind of fun to find people's styles. And um, yeah, I think that's super cool and attractive as well. Yeah, we've actually talked about this as well sometimes. Like mm-hmm. one of our uh, people in the team that takes care of events, we're also thinking about doing speed dating um, mm-hmm. around like people you met on the common app and sometimes joking on like, when will the first common relationship perhaps like be there? Like would love to know if there is already one to, uh, yeah, to learn more about this because I think, yeah, that would be perfect. Like amazing if that also happens because of that. Yeah, totally. And I think it will, you know, you guys will be growing over time. So let's just see how exciting that, you know, some exciting fruits will come out of that. Um, Actually, I wanted to ask you about the impact. Do you guys track, you know, any data or any information based on, like, let's say, you know, we're saving this and this amount of planet through, you know, allowing people to borrow or swap clothes for a certain time, et cetera, et cetera. Do you have any, you know, predictions or estimations based on what you guys, you know, what's happening within the app, within the user kind of engagement? Um, yeah, so at the moment, we are definitely tracking like how many swaps go on like every mm-hmm. week or every day, every month. Um, but I also know from like, I've worked a lot uh, around impact measurement with circular business models, also through my other jobs. And it's very difficult to put a number on it in terms of impact savings. Yeah. Um, this also has to do with the displacement rate, um, which I think like if one person borrows an item, you can't necessarily say that that will replace um, the buying of one physical item. Often yeah, that's exactly. not one one equation. Um, but there are a lot of stats around there, like Alan MacArthur Foundation published a report in terms of saying, I think, if you share an item over two people, then the carbon footprint decreases by 30%. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine if you share it with like 1500 people, or if, if it's even 20, like the mm-hmm. impact you can make is very big. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about the um, carbon footprint, the individual carbon footprint? I'm very curious. Of, of people, of yeah. consumers. Yeah. Um, I think it's a very great tool for people to see um, like how they can make improvements because mm-hmm. carbon footprint trackers often also give like, okay, for example, I think for me, when I calculated my own, I was like, yeah, my air travel is definitely mm-hmm. the reason that mm-hmm. my carbon footprint is that big, but it's still very consumer facing. And I think the carbon footprint of individuals is so small compared to what, 
the yeah. larger in the fashion industry fashion brands emit is that we really need to focus on making them more sustainable and letting them change their model. While, of course, consumers need to demand it from them and also make changes in their daily life. But I definitely think that the real responsibility lays with the bigger companies. Yeah, totally. And also the oil industry, which is yeah. not really often talked about. Um, yeah, definitely. But- Yeah, just wanted to ask you from your own perspective, what do you consider to be the biggest uh, problem in the fashion industry right now? Um, Yeah, definitely overproduction, Mm -hmm. um, which goes hand in hand with overconsumption and fast fashion, of course, but Mm -hmm. paying overproduction to make it the company's issue and not the consumer's issue like it's it's the planet's issue so it's all our issue but i think the brands are the the biggest cause of this and i think fast fashion and overproduction really led to us as consumers to lose Mm -hmm. the emotional connection we have with our clothes and because of this like we don't care from them properly anymore we see them as disposable um, like, of course, not everyone, but I think a lot of people have that mindset now. And this also goes hand in hand with us, like not caring about how they were made and especially who they, who they were made by. Um, and us not realizing that there are a lot of human hands that touch the items that we actually bought. And I think it all comes down to like our mindsets towards like clothing and how that has been created by the mm-hmm. larger clothing by like basically marketing that we need new products all the time and that like our identity is basically dependent on it and I think yeah that is definitely one of the biggest issues within the fashion industry yeah totally totally I wonder what is your relationship with your clothes with your wardrobe um is it more like you're free to you know to experiment and maybe borrow rent swap or is it um, that you rather, you know, just go and buy something, but buy less, but, you know, less frequently, obviously? Yeah, I think it will always be a combination. Um, I also very much realized that there's not going to be a future in, in which nobody buys nothing anymore uh, or like nobody buys anything anymore. Um, but for me at this moment, it's definitely mostly like borrowing. Um I am currently also doing another no buy challenge with a Dutch initiative. And mm-hmm. I, very, I very much see that by borrowing clothes from my friends, I can really like fulfill my hunger for newness uh, rather than buying something new. But I do like in the future, I'm planning on buying sustainable, like handcrafted items that are locally produced again. Mm, great. And do you think it actually matters the mindset or the mentality of the consumer when it comes to, you know, their relationship with their closet? Yeah, I think I think it does really matter. Um, like, like I said, if you're emotionally connected to an item, um, you will care for it. You will also, in my opinion, want to share it with your friends, because if you mm-hmm. feel nice in an item and you feel that connection, you will want your friends to also become happy when they are uh, wearing your item. Yeah, totally. We talk about those things, sustainability, you know, sharing clothes and other stuff on Clubhouse a lot. And there are a lot of interesting conversations happening in there. Um, But do you consider other apps, you know, clothes sharing apps as your competitors or like united in a common goal? 
I think definitely the second thing. Um, mm -hmm. Like I said, um, there are very few people still that have the mindset yet of like having this emotional connection and want to go for sustainable fashion. And if we want to move away from just like the first mover movers and also convince like the rest of the world to like move from this linear take make waste model to like a circular a slower model then all these initiatives are basically necessary to to at least like appeal to a part of yeah the world population and all get them on board towards like a more sustainable and circular fashion industry Mm -hmm. So you're based in Amsterdam and I wonder, you know, around you, your friend groups, your family, your colleagues, whoever that might be, do you think people are becoming more aware and conscious of what's happening to our climate, to the environment? Um, do you think people are kind of waking up in terms of, you know, possibly exploring those ideas to share clothes via app? Do you think it's happening? Yeah, for sure. Of course, the people close around me are a bit biased because I'm always speaking about comments. So yeah, they are definitely all on board already. But I do indeed see that the, um, the circle is becoming bigger. So mm -hmm. while it first was like, like, yeah, very small, you see more and more also, um, thanks to social media, mm -hmm. um, people are becoming more aware. So I think it's now the task of the innovators and mass magazine and all the people that are like working towards this common goal to also give people the tools to act upon like the new things that they've become aware about and i think yeah we definitely see a change and hopefully uh, yeah growing faster and faster mm -hmm. so what would you say to someone that is not in the group of you know more conscious and aware people and it's kind of scared to try to be more sustainable. Do you have any tips, any, you know, encouraging a piece of advice for them to kind of try and see what's that about? Yeah, like, definitely. Like, I was one of those consumers myself first as well. And um, even though I had some um, courses in uni, which taught me about it, it's, of course, a bit detached from reality. So, um, like, reading websites of like fashion revolution more about the social side of course like reading up on yourself and there are so many tools um that actually can help you to make small changes um i myself also like i work for fashion for good and we have a museum even that gives people the tools and a full email with like action points that they can take and just taking one by one and not being too hard on yourself because you're already one of the few that is doing it and again it's like amazing if the consumers do it but we also need the companies to get on board to make the big, really big change yeah, totally. And I think also being, you know, in this mindset of just trying to be positive and patient with yourself, not really trying to save your whole, you know, existence by doing everything you can, because you're going to get burned out really quickly. And exactly. eventually, it's about being sustainable in the way that it produces a lifestyle that's also sustainable, right? As something that's attainable, and we can do every day. So I think it's super important to have this empathy, you know, um, yeah. and, and that's beautiful that you shared that as well. Um, my next question is a little different, you know, social media and technology, basically. How mm -hmm. do you think they both are transforming the fashion industry right now? And do you think 
it's a tool to raise awareness or is it rather a destructive tool as well? Also a very good question. Um, I think from commerce perspective, um, social media is for us really a way to connect with our community, um, which otherwise it would have been super difficult to reach this wide audience of people that might be interested in sharing their clothes, but they don't know exactly how. So for us, our Instagram, for example, is also a very educative tool in which we explain how it really works step by step. Um, and also for our community to connect with each other. So I think, yeah, definitely social media is a way to raise awareness. Of course, we need to be very critical as well because not mm -hmm. everyone has the same um, intentions. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of fake news gets spread as well. So yeah, we definitely need to be critical. And, and yeah, the algorithms of Instagram and the other tools sometimes are not showing us the greatest content. So we yeah. wish we could change something about that as well, like a quality filter or something. But um, yeah definitely for us still now it's it's a very great tool to connect with the community to learn ourselves about other communities as well and uh, yeah to be educative and yeah new social media platforms like podcast uh like um podcast I'm, am i saying now i i'm not sure what it uh, is called again clubhouse, clubhouse uh, one, yeah. i think yeah um i love that one as well i think it's very focused, at least for now, still on quality content and good conversations. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, definitely one of my new favorites. Yeah, totally. Do you think Instagram should change their algorithm based on value rather than based on vanity metrics like likes, followers, hashtags, etc., etc.? Because, like you said, the content that really uh, deserves the attention usually is being dismissed and I think that's something that's quite sad do you think you know companies such as Facebook or Instagram should do something about it yeah definitely like I don't know because like I said I'm not a coder myself like how yeah. you would put that in the algorithms that they can actually track okay this is a high quality content and this is just like we say within the team sometimes bs content which we mm -hmm. also need we, yeah we don't need to be triggered to think very deeply all the time but yeah. i do think indeed like it would be amazing if we can um push the more high quality educative content to consumers yeah totally and i know there are apps coming out and some of them are already existing that use the ai algorithm to kind of track which content is more valuable based on for example you know what's written on that photo so if there is like an infographic educating people they will automatically kind of uplift that content you know so i think that's cool but instagram is not doing the job so just sharing i think they're going to hate me yeah. <laughs> um, no yeah i agree i agree yeah we'd love to learn about other apps as well yeah, totally. I'm, I'm going to send it to you. I don't want to advertise um, anyone yeah, here. Okay. <laughs> I don't Thank you. Uh, really if good. somebody is interested, they can maybe send you a separate message as well. Definitely one of our values as well. Like Also the reason why we haven't built in shipping labels into the app yet. Mm -hmm. um, because we want people to meet up with each other. To like do the transaction on the app and then actually make sure you start living the experiences in the new items that you have and mm -hmm. preferably with the people that you are in a community with. 
um you know because this podcast is called what a mess so do you think the industry is a total mess or do you think we can still reverse the mess that we created um good question i think both are true i think it is a total yeah. mess at this point but i do think we can still change it so mm -hmm. yeah definitely very big transformation is necessary not just incremental but really transformative and then hopefully we can clean the mess and uh, yeah make it more sustainable again yeah totally thank you for you know joining the recording today it was awesome to have you yay Hi guys, this is Dami, your host. Thanks so much for staying and listening to this podcast. If you would like to support us and follow what we do at Mess Magazine, please do follow us on LinkedIn at Mess Mag or on our Instagram at Mess Magazine. Thank you.